Well, happy Groundhog Day. Happy Groundhog Day. This is the Nerf Files Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Tom. And we're going to talk about Groundhog Day, the movie from 1993. Groundhog Day. Starring Bill Murray. Yeah, is that the song? No. It's yeah, not. yeah, that's all they say. It's Groundhog Day <laughs> on the radio every day. Do you think there's going to be a uh, more winter in real life? Or Oh, I have no like idea. Like, how accurate I, is the groundhog? I, I live in a place where winter no longer exists, so I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no opinion on the matter. <laughs> it's irrelevant. We'll I had the I had the window open until we started recording. So that's how warm it is, huh? It's cold here. It's actually cold here by here standards, but very warm for your standards. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, just like first impressions, this is a classic movie. This is a, one of those perfect movies, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. You want to start with your thoughts? I mean, I know it's one of your favorite movies. I, I mean, I don't know, even know how to talk about this movie. It's just perfect. I, I don't know, you know? It, um, it accomplishes so many different things, and so seamlessly, that you, like, you change as a person almost, watching the movie with, with him. Because he... No one else could do it as charmingly and, like, make it so that you like him even when he's a dick. But Bill Murray starts the movie as a dick. And then it doesn't happen by leaps and bounds the way almost every other movie about becoming a better person does. It's just gradual. It's so gradual you don't even realize it's happening. But he becomes a better person. He decides to change. And, like, the first time he decides to change, he's, he's still not there yet, but it's he a step has in the right change. direction. Yeah. He has to change in a way where he becomes even, like, he has to, like, like himself, too. Because he doesn't like yeah. himself either. Well, that's the, that, that's the ultimate point of the movie, is when he, uh, when he's trying to overtly, like, go after Rita, he hasn't figured himself out yet. He's not ready to be with her. Like, he isn't where he needs to be mentally to be with her. Even though he... Yeah. And because she... You know, she's not like the other women he was pursuing where they're kind of just desperate. Yeah. They're portrayed desperate in the movie. Yeah. And Rita is not... She's more professional. You know, she's more mature. Yeah, well, he's... He sees someone who he wants. He wants to be more mature like her and and have her in his life. And he's basically, like, forced, like, given the time he needs to change. I think that's a really beautiful, like, I never would have thought of that as a film plot, you know, but it works so well. Especially for a comedy. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you tried to do this seriously, I don't know that it would work as well, but it's just, I mean, it's very dark. 
like there's it goes to dark places. Like there's the whole suicide mo- uh, montage. Um, oh yeah, spoilers everybody for a uh, over it's twenty. It's almost year been twenty five years. Yeah, it's almost been twenty five. <laughs> I think we're fine. Yeah. Oh. Um. But yeah, he starts out. He's just a narcissistic asshole. He refers to himself as a celebrity, even. People mm-hmm. should know him, respect him, put his coat on for him. He has people putting scarves on him. He says so much ego and. Did he call himself the talent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just treats everyone like shit, and there's this cool progression where he has to, like, grow as a person, or else he's just gonna be stuck in this time warp forever. Essentially. Mm hmm. Which, like I said, it, I mean, it would be fun to rob banks and eat a bunch of donuts. Yeah, and he needs to get that out of his system. Time. Yeah. You know. He, 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 <laughs> it's almost like he's born again because he has to go, he has to like go through this like mature, maturation stage where he's kind of back in grade school where he's just kind of like acting like a kid. Mm-hmm. And then he starts, you know, like I was talking, I was talking to you about during the movie. We watched it together on Skype, and I was talking about how it's like sort of the five steps of grief, but it's not really grief. It's like another, like a maturation, or yeah, I don't know what you call it, but it's it's a uh, it's more, I guess it's more of a three act structure or something. Or well, I don't know. It... We get to see him grow as a person just in front of us. You know, it's like having a child. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. I think that's what I was getting at. Like, you know, you see this child grow up in front of your eyes. Yeah, but it's Bill Murray, and he doesn't change at all. He's just in a 30-year time warp. <laughs> Which, uh, where I'm getting that number is someone on the internet did the math of him, like, learning to play the piano, learning to ice sculpt, and that those sorts of things. And they roughly estimate that he's in the time warp for over 30 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Really dark when you think about it. Yeah. Because he's been alone with himself for 30 years. It took 30 years for him to finally be comfortable with himself. Hearing the same music, seeing the same people saying the same, that are saying the same things to you. Mm-hmm. Every time you see them for thirty years straight, I don't know if I can make it through. Well, I guess you have to because you just keep being. Yeah, I mean, we actually see him go insane. Yeah, like I mean, he he commits suicide several times. Uh, the first one in spectacular fashion. Yeah, the tipping point is the uh, the montage after the montage of trying to like it's like we talked about trying to please Rita or be a person that we think that she would fall for just because of her, you know, what she likes. She likes French poetry or, like, he he, yeah. he just tries to appeal. He doesn't like that stuff, really, necessarily. He just tries to get her to like him because of those things. And Yeah, at that point in the movie, he he doesn't think that he's the type of person that Rita would like. And... To be fair, he's he's a dick at the beginning of the movie. So yeah, she she wouldn't like who he is at the beginning of the movie. But he never he doesn't think at first of changing himself to become that 
Uh, well, he does, but he thinks of it in a shallow way. He doesn't, he doesn't know think, how. Yeah, he doesn't know how. And so the the movie is him figuring out how to change as a person to get better. And I, I don't know. It's just, it's fucking beautiful. That is pretty about. fucking beautiful because he's like, he has to be happy with himself in order to, I guess, earn the love or the life that he wants yeah and this sounds so pompous when you like say it out loud like this but the movie does it in such a way that it just feels genuine and and bill murray is at for me his most genuine i mean you could argue a couple other roles but he just he's hilarious and you feel for him you know it was a whole range. It's like, kind of like they're talking about James McAvoy and Split. Like, he does all these personalities. Well, Bill Murray does a lot of that in, in the Groundhog Day of different kind of yeah. stages of personality. And mm-hmm. and uh, and it doesn't beat you over the head with its moral compass. It, just, it happens organically, like you said. Yeah. I mean, literally as we were wa- we watching this, I, was, I, I decided to Google uh, who was nominated for Best Actor this year, because I think he should have been, uh, looking back on this movie. And I was like, oh, like, most of these are just, eh. Like, you know, I don't even remember these. Like, like no one is still talking about these performances. He probably got nominated for Golden Globe. Yeah. Because they're a little and, more lenient on the comedy. this time, comedy uh, would make sense. Comedy, the, respect, the yeah. Martian. <laughs> Yeah, not the Martian. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does he does a good job in uh, St. Vincent of recent, uh, that was a few years ago, and he does a great job in Lost in Translation. He's just, he's a great actor. Yeah, I, I need to rewatch Lost in Translation, probably St. Vincent too, but I, I think I've seen St. Vincent twice, so... I, I think he's better in this. Than, oh, yeah, he's great. Than, I think he's that, better in Groundhog um, Day, too. I agree with you. This this is probably his best role. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. It's just... It's such a nuanced performance, and he builds this character in such a way that you don't even realize how quickly and how well he has built him. And basically, the entire movie hinges upon Bill Murray and his character. And the way that he can play that character. If that didn't work, this movie, there wouldn't be a movie. Like, I mean, there would, but it wouldn't be the same. No one would care about it. What do you think about the actress that plays Rita? She's good. Yeah. I mean, she's and she's very good. I'll, I'll say that. Um, she obviously doesn't get as much time to build as nuanced a character, just because she uh, is saying the same things. Yeah, they're kind of, the, the supporting characters are more reactive to yeah. Bill Murray. But she is the best developed of the not stuck in a time warp character. <laughs> like, I mean, of the of the other characters, she's, she's the best developed. Um, and, I mean, I feel like we don't exactly know, like, everything about her, even though he is keeping a list at one point, but we get to know what she's like as a person, like how she acts around people. 
I think that's kind of enough to know that, you know, she's worth it for, for him. Um, I think they, I don't know, it seems like they would do well together, even though we really haven't seen how well, she would react over time to him. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, if she was stuck in the same loop, I wonder, I don't know, but she didn't need to be because she... She's introduced. She she needed to be. She's introduced in a way where she's, you know, she's, she's caring. She's funny. She's goofy. You know, because she's doing that thing in front of the blue screen. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That already builds like you know she's she's a sweet soul. You know she's. Um, blood sausage. She's a romantic, I guess, or what? I don't know. <laughs> a what? Blood sausage. They have that whole conversation about blood sausage at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> He's like poor idiots. They like blood sausage, and she's like, "I like blood sausage." <laughs> like she's just not taking any of his shit right up front. Another person I think doesn't get enough uh, credit is Harold Ramis for his. Uh, he does a great job directing this and also writing oh. it. And, and he has a cameo as the urologist or neurologist. Neurologist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he. I don't think he gets enough credit as a director. Yeah, no. Um, what else did he direct? I even if stripes, it's like uh, oh, he directed. He stripes. wrote stripes. Animal House. Right. Oh, I didn't know that either. He wrote Animal House, I believe. Did he write Ghostbusters as well? A co-writer? I think he did. Uh, let's look at his IMDb. But he's 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 got a great filmography, not mm. only as an actor but a. More so as a filmmaker. He was a true filmmaker. He really was. Um, Alright. What was that? Which movie was I going to look at that he just wrote? Ghostbusters. Oh, yes, Ghostbusters. Yes, he wrote Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, let's look at his directing credits. He directed four episodes of The Office. Just mm. throwing that out there. I didn't know that. That's fun. Oh, he directed Bedazzled. I really like Bedazzled. With the George of the Jungle and the Mummy guy, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. Uh, which is a remake of a movie from the sixties. So okay, so Harold Ramis' first movie is Caddyshack. Oh, he directed Caddyshack. Yeah, National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, see, he's yeah, he's yeah. Club Paradise. Comedy Genius. And then Groundhog Day. Uh, that, I think, is also his peak, though, because then we go to Stuart Saves His Family, Multiplicity, Analyze This, Bedazzled, which I, I, I haven't seen those all aren't, of the other Those ones. aren't bad movies. With Michael they're Ke not bad, but they're not as good. Michael enough. Keaton and then uh, Robert De Niro, Billy Crystal, Analyze This. Yeah, Groundhog Day is definitely the peak. But still, that's a fucking hot peak. Yeah, and that's a he's got a great filmography. Um, but that's another thing they don't they don't make comedies like this anymore either. There's not very. I mean, this is an intelligent romantic comedy. Yeah, and it it feels genuine. Like I feel like most comedies, even the good ones. Uh, these days, they never really feel genuine. I mean, The Hangover is an excellent comedy. Mm 
but it never at any point feels genuine. Yeah, it's like it doesn't have the other other like the other thing, you know, like Groundhog Day has the thing where it's like the character has to go through shit. Yeah. Like, you, you have know, the you have the sellable premise of he's trapped in a time warp, but it's for the reason of character development, but you don't tell people that before they're going in, right. you know. Hangover is just like a big party, which is fun too. Yeah, yeah, it's a very fun movie. I would say like Wedding Crashers was had a sort of a little bit of Groundhog Day in it where these guys had to sort of grow up, yeah. Sort of, yeah. Sort of, yeah. They it's not as nuanced. Nowhere near as no. nuanced. Um But yeah, I, I see what you what you're uh getting at. Um Believe it or not, a little bit of Anchorman. I feel like I don't know. Do you, do you see that a little bit? Like yeah, I mean, he's so goofier, but. his character. Yeah, he's such a, so full of himself. Yeah, and then then he has to like get over himself before he can come back. I mean, granted, it, it's a it's a much sillier movie. It goes back to the same thing too. Though, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not perfect uh, at all. <laughs> Um, I'm 82% sure that I love you too. That honestly, that almost makes, <laughs> that that's one of the things that like just makes the movie. That she's like, I'm 82% sure that I love you back. <laughs> like I, I'm not really sure, but like I'm kind of sure, you know. <laughs> it's like a B minus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to th see. Yeah, it's just a, such a simple like premise too, because it's such a sim like a you know not really a well-known holiday, just maybe for Pennsylvanians. Mm -hmm. And just so simple, it seems like on paper, but it's, I'm sure it was, a lot of thought came into this movie because to be that funny and that genuine and that to have it still be still hold up after 25 years almost i mean that's that's a true testament to the filmmaker and there's everyone involved like there was rumors of tom hanks and michael keaton playing the lead role and i can't even see them getting near as close as bill murray or having, the, them, having, or having the chemistry you know yeah either of them could have made a good movie i'm not saying that they wouldn't have um but this is definitely one of those stars aligned movies to make this happen. Like there's, there's no, you have Bill Murray and Harold Ramis both reaching at least a crest of their career. And at, like at the same time, and I don't know. It's just, it's so good. <laughs> So many things had to come together to make this what yeah. it is. Yeah, and if you had a Tom Hanks or a Michael Keaton, it would have been a different movie. Just because mm -hmm. they're different actors. Yeah. That probably would have been a different director as well. Yes, yeah, and that would have changed the movie substantially. I'm not sure, because Harold Ramis somehow walks the line perfectly between 
this is an 80s style comedy movie and this is a real heartfelt love story. Would you say there's a little bit of would you say there's like a little bit of sci-fi in it too? Yeah, it's true. It is a bit sci-fi too. Um not even as overtly as like Ghostbusters or something like yeah. that, but like but yeah, there's the sci-fi twist to it. But the thing is, is since they never explain it too, it also could be considered spiritual. Mm, yeah, definitely. Because it is kind of a spiritual journey in a way. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you're religious, it can be an interpretation of God literally saying, you are not ready for her yet, and, work on yourself. <laughs> and he even says, I might be God. Like he, That's one of his... Yeah. yeah, he's even like I might actually be God. I'm not sure if I am the God, but I, I might I'm not. Be. I'm not the God. I'm yeah. the God. <laughs> She's like, you're not a God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all that she knows is his asshole ways from what she's heard and seen beforehand. Yeah, and it's also another like voice saying, "Oh my God, get over yourself." Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I, I really don't have anything else. I think. I mean, we did. There, we did mention how kind of creepy it is that he, when he does go get information or intel on that that girl about her English teacher and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's just another '80s byproduct. Yeah, I that's think. just probably him just being lonely too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, there's really no way to And it's like, how much fun can I have? You know, how far can I take this? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the way that he's thinking of it at that point is like, she's not going to remember, like, it's a complete restart. Like, right. if, I, if it doesn't matter that I robbed a bank yesterday, like, if that doesn't count as a sin against me, then, like, manipulating this woman... <laughs> To have sex doesn't count against me either. I, I mean, like, that would be your rationale. You're like, you know, like, either it all counts or it doesn't, you know, like. Yeah. And it, it pays off, too, because he goes on another date with someone else and he sees <laughs> the, the girl outside of the theater. Which is, uh, oh uh, so that yeah. pays off. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't. I can't defend it, but it is, like, kind of funny just the way they present it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is before cell phones, too, because, I mean, we don't have pay phones anymore, and he's talking to a pay phone trying to get, you know, transportation out of the city. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the blizzard would have been bad enough that he wouldn't be able to get out, even if, even, even if he had a cell phone. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I just love, um, don't you have a special line for celebrities or emergencies? I'm both. I'm a celebrity <laughs> in an emergency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, do you have any more thoughts about the movie? Um, or just Groundhog Day in general. You do you watch this every year? Pretty much, yeah. What about you? I mean, I'm sure I do, but I've, I've never watched it actually near the. Well, yeah, I have. I have watched near the day. 
But I this mean, year I, I made sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I absolutely love this movie. So watching it around uh, the actual Groundhog Day is just kind of an excuse to watch it. Um, I think I had it in my top ten. Even with uh, Lord of the Rings taking up three spots. <laughs> nice. Where was it on yours? I can't remember. <laughs> it was definitely on it, though. Yeah, I had it at uh, Groundhog Day at number 18 on mine, so that's pretty high. Nice. Yeah, this whole list is, is insane. Yeah. Because I'd probably put it above Planet of the Apes. Alright, so we're recording again? Do yeah, wanna, yeah so... we're back on. Oh, okay. Uh, did you get that mine was at number nine? I just did. We just did. Mine, mine number nine was Blade Runner. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's too low on my list. I'm going to have to move that one up. Watch it a couple more times. It grows on you. It's one of those. It's kind of... Well, yeah, so does Alien. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I watched Alien, I was like... Oh, it's okay. I gotta. Like, re- I should was... rewatch it because of John Hurt. Yeah, I still. I have. I kept meaning to watch the Elephant Man again, but I haven't yet. That one's so sad. Yeah. It really is. I haven't seen that in a while either. Yeah, I actually blind like act. Asked for that for Christmas one year. I hadn't seen it. I just asked for it for Christmas. And my parents got it for me, and what I was, loved it. What was the reason? Just because you were so into Anthony Hopkins? or I think that, and also because of, I was into the Victorian period. And um, I, uh, when I discovered IMDb's Top 250, I decided to try and watch all of the Top 250 movies that I hadn't seen. And, like... Okay, so, like, all the ones I was interested in, I guess. Right. Like, every so often I would go through and, like, look at it, and then I'd be like, I want to watch these movies, and then I would go out and look for those. So that was, like, part of that phase, I guess. Nice, man. Well, any more thoughts on Groundhog Day? No. Um, I I guess, uh, thanks to my parents for showing it to me. At a very young age, too. I actually saw it on TV. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was doing a geometry homework. It was on TV. They just kept playing it. I think it was, I think it was around this time. January, February, where they was playing, of course, you know, the holiday. But, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. My parents are um, are and were big Bill Murray fans, so I, I grew up watching a lot of his movies, at least. Uh, they have ones that they like more than the other ones, it seems like, but... <laughs> my mom doesn't watch movies that much, and my dad, he does watch movies sometimes, but I was never... I kind of discovered movies through my grandpa, and then, like, the, especially like westerns, and then, like, old movies like Samson and King Kong, 1933, and stuff like that. Like, gotcha. On TCM. Like, I'd always watch TCM with him. But, uh, but then I discovered a lot of 
movies on my own. Just fun. But, uh, nice. Yeah, Groundhog Day. Go out and celebrate. Hopefully, there's early spring. I guess that's that's out to some view. But, Is this one of those holidays that you go out and get shit faced for? <laughs> yeah, at six a.m. to I've got you, babe. And then we just do it over and it's over an and over spring. and over. It's an uh, early spring, motherfucker. And then you gotta ask the police if it's too early for flapjacks. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like a good idea. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been the Groundhog Day episode. Of the Nerf oh, yeah. House podcast. Uh, I'm Dan. Um, Give me a follow at Poly Pictures. Follow Tom at Tom Vohasic on Twitter. Um, comment and let us know what you think about Groundhog Day. Hopefully you've seen the movie. If you haven't seen it, go fucking see it. Yeah, also you were just spoiled on the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, do yourself a favor though. Go watch it. <laughs> Peace out. Peace. Yeah.